What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we are back to talk about the UFC 293 pay-per-view going down this Saturday in Sydney, Australia, headlined by Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight title against Sean Strickland. We got 12 fights going down this Saturday night, still going down at American local time, 6, 7 p.m. Eastern time for us. And I'm joined by my co-host, as always, to break down these fights with us this week. How we doing, my man? Yep, we uh we remain in international waters. Um, the passports are getting a a workout. If uh, I don't know who, I don't know if anybody has to go to all those places. What was it? it was it was Singapore? What was the one before Singapore? That was an international uh, or no? It was no, last week. It was, was different. It was Singapore, Singapore Paris. then Paris. Yeah, damn, that's 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 a nice tour right there. Um, but yeah, that was a cool event last week. You know that that crowd was was really cool, really awesome. Uh, last week, they're really getting into it, you know, showing the passion of the French, you know, uh, and they showed a lot of spines as well, because only Zara Farron was able to unable to uh, to get the win. Um, and even her, she was using, you know, those dirty French tactics, eye pokes, um, mostly eye pokes. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, a, a cool card overall. There was a few hiccups here and there. That nut kick by uh, William Gomez was insane. Uh, but apart from that, uh, I liked I liked the event. I did pretty well. It was all right for me. Yeah, it was a good event. The UFC, you know, designed it to be a good event for the French, and it was. Um, just just got to get better for me personally at like realizing that these events are set up for the favorites <laughs> to win and avoiding that. Like this week is probably going to be another one. You know, I don't think there. Are, I guess there's one spot that I'll be betting against, like an, a, a hometown fighter. But I mean, when when the UFC travels to an international country of some sort, uh, they are typically favoring these matchups for the hometown fighters. And I've just got to stop getting baited on some of these underdogs. So, um, I mean, it wasn't like the worst. I mean, I, I listen, every bet did lose for me, but I only made a, a very few. So Wait, um, which one were the money lines? Bet? I don't even remember. Yanis, Reese and Cleedson. So three well, three duds across the but well, none of those guys are French that they lost <laughs> they lost against dude. Um, Gomis, well yeah, French versus French. They're both yeah, French. that's yeah. But Lusa, Lusa, uh, that's this is something I forgot. Lusa started speaking French in the post fight because I'm like, oh shit, he's from Switzerland. So the Swiss speak French. They speak everything. They speak German, English, French, and then I just yeah. Um, so that's enough about that though. Uh, in terms of a recap. We are starting things off with 12 fights, but we're, we're doing something di- different. Ozzy announced this a few weeks back. We're, we're experimenting here. We're starting with the, f- with the main event. We're going from the Crazy. main event down. So this is, this is probably a good, a good idea, honestly. I always thought about doing this, never actually did it. Um, but we're starting off hot. We're going with the, t- the title fight, the main event, Israel Adesanya taking on Sean Strickland. Odds to this one, Izzy Adesanya minus 650, Strickland plus 475. Because it was your idea to start it off this way, you're going to start it off with the first fight for a change as well. So give us your cool. thoughts on the title fight in the main event. Cool, yeah. So middleweight championship fight here. Um, so they put it together, right? Sean Strickland had maybe, I guess, six weeks or so, maybe five weeks to prepare. Either way, I think uh, a guy in the, divi- that's been in the division and kind of stuff like that, he's thought about fighting Izzy for a while. Obviously, remember that press conference from, uh, from a, a little over a year ago. Um, and now everybody's looking at the fight. Izzy's coming off that amazing knockout over Alex Pereira, um, you know, where he basically overcame, like, his biggest, like, a, you know, a, a enemy or nemesis. Um, 
and in a spectacular way. I, I definitely think it's a knockout of the year. But the way he did that was it kind of like showed that other facet of his game where when someone is overly aggressive or they're coming forward on him, you know, what he what he's able to do on the counter. And, you know, some moments in that fight, I thought it showed just, you know, some of the great uh, areas of his game that maybe often you don't really see when he's just trying to jab and pick away at people. Like uh, like some of the body kicks that he landed on on Alex, I thought were, were really nasty. And I think that could maybe pose, uh, play dividends against a guy like Sean who, I don't know, I, I just feel, I, I don't have any evidence to say he's weak to the body, but he looks like he could maybe potentially, that's why he uses that little, you know, Philly shell kind of defense that he uh, that he uses to kind of like deflect some strikes like that. Uh, maybe he's not used to being that, being said, maybe he's not used to taking a lot of strikes like that to the body. Um, and then his lead leg is really easy to kick him. He kind of comes in pretty slow. He doesn't, he's not really a cage, a guy that cuts off the cage a lot. He did have a lot of his fights also in the UFC Apex uh, Martian, which is something that I wanted to point out uh, here as well. Um, I think he fought Alex in the big cage and a few others, but a lot of his fights, like the Brendan Allen fight, the Jacker Manson, uh, Uriah Hall, um, maybe uh, Jocko, Jack Marshman, all those fights in the UFC Apex. So it's going to be very, very difficult for him to even to corner Izzy, get in his face, anything like that. And then even when he does, he's just slow-footed, flat-footed. So it's a really tough fight for him to win at all, I really think. You know, I think he's going to have to find some clinch uh, time. He's going to have to go for a takedown. But it's just not going to be easy for him to do because Izzy inside, I think, is, is, is tough as well. He's got uh, the clinch striking, knees, elbows, um, flying knees. Like, he can, you know, just fight for both stances. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know already, but I, I will say, dude, that a plus 450, I saw like those tweets, oh, 450, 500 on, it's not crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, because if I'm a bookmaker, I would love the book. I'd probably like booking Sean Strickland books, if I'm being honest, because, um, you know, do I think like I just, the mentality of Sean Strickland, yeah, it's, you know, something that you want in a fighter, you would think, right? A guy who you think that he's just going in there, blood and guts, he doesn't care, he's all about fighting, he's an alpha, this, this, and that. But a lot of times it doesn't always manifest <laughs> in the cage, right? He's not like he's finishing your right, right? He didn't finish your right hole and none of these things. And Izzy is a motherfucker to stand across from. Don't, don't get it twisted. He's an intimidating guy. So I'm going to pick Israel Adesanya. And actually, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, like a late finish, like a round three, round four. I'm going to say like round four. Let's say round four. But it could be round three. It could be late in round three or in round four. So Izzy Adesanya knockout, round four. Well, I hope it's round four because uh, I have bet starts round four in this fight. Mm. I just think that, sure, like you said, you brought up a good point about, you know, when guys come and bring the fight to him, Izzy can sit down in the pocket and throw big punches, counter you, and put you out. But I just think that the way Sean Strickland fights have gone historically, especially his five-round fights, I mean, the guy just has such like a sparring mentality, and he, his fights just typically go very long, right? And he, he lands a lot of strikes in them. And I'm kind of looking at this fight against Cannoneer as, you know, a, a good sign for Strickland here because we just saw Cannoneer fight Vittori and just played ping pong with his head for the entire fight. And he looked like a really powerful puncher, just looked like a fucking juggernaut in that fight. And Strickland, you know, went toe to toe with him the entire time. It never it never really seemed like the power of Cannoneer's shots uh, impacted Strickland. But Vittori, who we have we know has an insane chin was actually getting hurt more than we've ever seen by Cannoneer. So I think that actually kind of bodes well for Strickland. Uh, 
But you also got to think that, you know, at any time, Israel could time that perfect shot that could really hurt him, especially I'm thinking like a head kick because Strickland just doesn't really react well to kicks. He, he likes boxing. He likes getting in close. But when you when you can shut him down and kick his legs and kick his body, he kind of has like weird flinching reactions. He tries to block the kicks with his arms at times. So if you know, I can see Izzy, you know, going leg kick, leg kick, then switching up to the body. And right when Strickland starts getting comfortable to the body kicks and going to block them, he's going to go high with the head kick. Um, so I'm concerned about that, honestly, but Strickland, I think, you know, minute to minute in this fight, I think he's going to be in there, especially early. I think he's going to be competitive. The head strikes between the two are going to be, I think, even on or even early on. And then Adesanya will start to make the reads and pull away as the fight goes on. So I'm hoping the fight goes long. I, I bet on starts round four. I also have a bet on Izzy four five decision, because I do think once it hits those later rounds, it should favor Adesanya, and he should have Strickland figured out by them. And I just think that the 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 fight finishing in rounds one, two, and three is just getting overrated. I I understand that it could happen. Adesanya could knock him out here, but at minus one fifty two for starts round four, that puts the one, two, three finish at around forty percent. I think it's too high. I think you know thirty percent would be a lot more accurate. So I like the fight going long. I think Izzy should you know, get the win in the later rounds, uh, possibly by finish, but I'll go, I'll go decision. I'll go, you know, 49, 46 decision for, for Adesanya here. And that's going to move us along to the co-main event, which is a heavyweight fight between Tai Tuivasa and Alexander Volkov. The odds for this one have Volkov minus 244, Tuivasa plus 209. I, I think the odds are pretty, you know, sp spot on here. You got to always respect Tuivasa because he does have that, that big power that could win a fight at any moment. But always been technically a mess he's gonna be you know the the much worse technical striker out of the two here he's gonna have to make the fight really dirty get on the inside of volkov but he's also gonna put himself at danger trying to do that here and we've seen ty get beat up uh, a lot in his recent fights i think volkov is a, a little more you know risk adverse than guys like um well even though it's un it was kind of uncharacteristic of Khan in that fight uh but you know pavlovich obviously just sits down and throws until you you melt and that's what he did versus Ty. But we actually saw Gon in that fight really sit down in the pocket, not be afraid to let his strikes go. And he he banged uh, Ty out like that. But I think Volkov might be a little more disciplined with his approach here. Might try to stay on the outside, stay on the end of his strikes using that that front kick, that those straight punches of his. And just try to not engage in the pocket uh, and give Ty his best chance to win. So I kind of think that the fight going long is the way to play this one, if there's any way at all. You know, the fight going the distance at plus 250 uh, seems like an interesting bet to me. So uh, I'll go Volkov decision uh, here as a bit of a, a contrarian take. And I'm interested to see how you think this one will go, Ozzy. Yeah, I mean, no, <clears throat> the fight uh, overall, the over, uh, I think one and a half is uh, a pretty good price, I think. Overall, what's Volkov decision? You said you pick Volkov or you like Volkov it's plus decision? 285. So plus 285. Plus two fifty versus two eighty five. Yeah, not bad. That's a good. That's a good ticket. That sometimes, like later on in like the first round or like after like a tenth first round, you're like, mm, I kind of like having that one in my pocket. Also, but plus I just three ninety on another books too. So plus sorry, not bad. No, no, no worries. So yeah, I kind of like the fight going over a bit. Um, and the reason I think that is just because I feel like Ty. You know, some of those overhands and stuff like that that he lands, you know, it, one, I think it's going to just be tough on a guy like Volkov because Volkov, when he's, like, holding his hands up, like, let's get punch kicky, 
so his hands are kind of like really high up as well. So it's not really like he's not as goofy, I feel, as uh, some other longer strikers where they're sometimes uh, getting caught, like reaching out with their hands or stuff like that. Bad parry defense and stuff like that. Um, so I think maybe this fight could be more arranged or it's going to be tougher for a tie to land. Powerful, strike, powerful strikes. He'll be looking at leg kick. I think Volkov is down the leg kick with him as well. I don't think Volkov is scared of any leg kicking battles. Um, he's got the long front kicks as well. But I just think Volkov is going to win this fight. You know, I think he he's shown the good chin. I think the only time I really see him being rocked is Derek Lewis and uh, Minot- Minotov or however you say his name from Bellator overall. Um, and then Volkov's got good straight strikes. He's got power on them. He's got good timing. Um, so I think maybe we see a tepid first round. So I like the over one and a half. And then uh, maybe that Volkov decision, I think maybe is a good thing to pair it with uh, alongside that. And it's not really like when you're playing that over that uh, you're not really laying juice, right? That's like pick them, right? I, I, I yeah, believe. I minus 115. Yeah. Yeah, so minus one fifteen. So I think that's a very that's a very reasonable price um, for something that also you don't have the volatility of. Uh, I think like a potential like round stoppage either. You know, I, I would say maybe Volkov has like the grappling advantage, but he's not like a dangerous grappler. You know, the reason he finished uh, Romanov on the ground was because Romanov just gave up. You know, he just started throwing punches at him. So I don't really see submission equity. I don't really see ground finish equity. So it need to be a, a standing finish, and I think both guys uh, could absorb each other's strikes. So let's go over one and a half. Yep, on the same page here. Maybe um, couple it up with starts round over one and a half starts round three goes to distance. I think this would be a good fight for that to happen. I really think it's either going to end in the first round or it or it might honestly go the full distance because I could see you know Ty realizing that he's outstruck, realizing that he's at a disadvantage here, and just not really. Not really going for broke. I don't know. I would honestly just be surprised that Volkov round one KO. I, I don't you think would? Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's happening. That's not happening. Yeah, I wouldn't say surprise. I, I mean, I would be pretty surprised to see Ty win at all. But um, Ty's got know. a good chin. At Vol- it's not like Volkov be uncorked. He's not like he uncorks massive punches. Like that Rosenstrike yeah. one was weird. The no, I, I think I think this is one where, for example, remember the. What was the one where you said a few weeks ago, you're like, oh, that guy submitted three guys in a row, so I'm going to get a good goes-the-distance price or something oh, like yeah. that? Oh, yeah, Mario Bautista. Exactly. So I think this is a similar situation, but heavyweight terms. Yeah. And and then, not to just keep going on, but like I, okay. I'm just thinking about the way that Ty got finished versus Pav and Gaunt. Like They were just windmilling punches Ooh. in the pocket. Well, that's not Volkov style, you know? He, it's he's really very, not, dude. It's really it's, not. He's in and out with straight shots, so... And um, Volkov fought a bunch of times. No crowd, Apex, big cage, uh, and a crowd all, all the way, long distance. He's been training in America, so over one and a half. Com- that's one of my more confident uh, plays in this week. Yeah, I think it's actually a good matchup, too. So we're going to move along all the way down to the flyweight division next. Menel Cop taking on Felipe Dos Santos, making his UFC debut here. Odds for this one have Cop as a big favorite, minus 385. Felipe Dos Santos, plus 320. Interested to hear your thoughts on the debutant, Felipe Dos Santos here. Yeah, so Felipe was getting ready for a fight already. Um, and, you know, he's, he's I guess, I think it's 8-0. So he doesn't have a ton of experience overall. Um, but what that, t- what that 
how that makes me feel is at these lower weight classes, it's a little bit different just because I feel that these guys do get a lot of rounds in in the gym. So, and his last fight was, I mean, he, he, I think he did fatigue a little bit, but, um, but he's shown, I think, overall solid overall skills. Now, with Cop, I, I just feel this is a potential little trap spot because the guy's obviously been frustrated. He hasn't been able to, to, to get a lot of these fights. You know, you know, a lot of these opportunities with pe- people higher up, you know, more in his uh, echelon. So, you know, it's been disappointment, disappointment after disappointment. Now he he was going all, all the way over here to fight uh, Kai Car France in his hometown, right? Or his, I think, whatever home home country. And now he's like shit out of luck. He's fighting a new new guy all the way over there across the world. Um, and I think it could be a, a, a banana peel spot because the guy, a lot of times, not the most active sometimes with uh, with his striking, you know, puts it on cruise control sometimes. And I'm going to tell you one thing. It's not gonna, you can't go on cruise control against this guy, Dos Santos, because he's going to keep coming after him. You know, I feel that there's going to be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of action early on. And uh, and there's definitely volatility. But I feel like there's volatility both uh, for the for this fight to finish very quickly or for it to be a, a close decision fight on both sides of it. So, the only, and I'm saying that because I kind of think I maybe want a little bit, of a, a tiny bit, bit of exposure to Dos Santos, but I also think I kind of want to play this fight to go the distance as well. Um, just because I do feel uh, Dos Santos is competent enough to hang with, uh, with Cop. Uh, in the striking, and then I don't really feel that cop is going to really want to grapple, um, in terms of like submission grappling that much here. Um, so you know, when you're giving me close, to, you know, in these three hundreds at this weight class, you don't really see. I don't. Do you, we often? When's the last? I can't remember the last plus like three fifty, three sixty guy like this, and in, in like a matchup here where I would think that the kid actually has a, a future. Usually, when you have a, a big disparity in these lower weight classes, I feel is either um, like a guy like Umar, like stuff like that, or uh, or, well, I'm talking specifically 125, or it's like something like oh Tyson Nam or like an old guy versus a young guy. So yeah, I'm taking. Kind of makes me think of uh, Albazi versus uh, Costa. Do you remember that one? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where Costa was in the fight, right? You know, he and then he, you know, and then he ended up getting finished. But he was competitive. And then you saw afterwards that he can kill Jimmy Flick. Like, he's legit. So, yeah. yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you get into it a little bit because I think you got to talk to him as well. Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of what you just said. I think I think uh, the Felipe is definitely the side <clears> at, <throat> at this plus 300 and it goes the distance. I mean, just rewatching Felipe's most recent fight, I think that's all we need to see to, for him to be a good shot in this one. Because first of all, that was a dog fight, you know, a back and forth fight. That guy, he was fighting Hugo Paiva is a good fighter. And, you know, he was getting lit up in the first round. Honestly, he was getting hit with big left hooks to the body. He was getting hit with right hands to the head and he absorbed all that. He absorbed all these body shots and he was still coming forward in the second and third round. So that fight showed that he's got that dog in him and he that he can take some damage and he can keep fighting and if you're fighting manal cop that's exactly what you want to see because the guy is a heavy hitter but he's also very inactive on the feet there you know there's countless times throughout his career where he's been on his way to losing a round then he lands boom a, a big shot and then it completely changes the round or he's just like a big moment type of fighter but he's not a minute winner as some like to say so when you're talking about a guy who's near 80 percent here who kind of tends to give away minutes at times 
then I don't think that's the right side at all. I definitely think that Dos Santos is worth a small bet here. Uh, and one one quick correction though for that we got to give the audience: uh, Kaikar France home country is actually Aotearoa, which is New Zealand to some. Mm. To some that's the colonizer name, New Zealand. Um, but uh, big distinction, big distinction. Um, right, right, right. Mm. In the Anzac region, but you know, to us Westerners, is all the same shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, that goes the distance because. You know, we just saw Dos Santos absorb all those shots. We saw him keep coming despite absorbing damage. So, you know, you do have potential to to look foolish if Cop just blasts him out and is on a completely different level. But I also was looking at Cop's recent run is like he got to the UFC. He didn't look like that. He was a pretty flawed fighter before he got to the UFC. Then he fought pretty well and got close to winning versus two really good fighters in Nikolai and Pantoja. Then he's fought massive massive step down in competition since then uh, oday who's who's straight up not good zumagulov mm. who's way past his prime dvorak who's okay but just not a uh, not like a physical specimen at 125 and i like dos santos's takedowns in some of his fights he can kind of shoot a takedown to relieve some of the pressure at times i thought his striking was was pretty good and like i said the biggest thing is just i saw that he has that dog in him he he can get in a scrap he can go to war and I think, like you said, there's a little bit of like a banana peel element to too. He was supposed to have a bigger fight. He was supposed to be, you know, a top five fighter. Now he's fighting a debutante. These matchups are where weird stuff happens. We've seen this year, especially a lot of plus two, three, four hundred underdogs come in on a week notice and then way overperform. Uh, speaking of the that air keg guy, last time we were in Australia, you know, three to one underdog versus Dvorak and one straight up. So. Honestly, I would pick. I think I would pick Dos Santos over Dvorak if they fought. Yeah, I mean this kid. I mean he just has that that scrappy Brazilian look about him too. So I I got high hopes for Dos Santos. I think he'll win some fights even if he doesn't win this one. Uh, and this is a a good fight on the main card. But moving back to the heavyweight division, a, a technically a rematch here. Justin, a Topic great fight. Awesome Went lead. from a good fight to a great fight. <laughs> The rematch that everyone was dying to see. Justin Toffa minus 200. Austin Lane plus 170. Pretty much the same line it was last time. You know, first fight, 30 seconds in. Lane changes Toffa. We literally learned nothing from this fight. Guys, if anybody, if any of the cappers you're listening to this week are like trying to draw conclusions from that first fight, like, oh, uh, Lane landed a jab uh, 20 seconds in. No, no. That fight is is irrelevant. So whatever your take you had the first time, just parlay it into this one. Uh, I don't remember what mine was because who cares about this fight? I mean, this is not really a fight you can invest in with with serious uh, confidence. So I'll go Tafa KO round one. But who the fuck knows? Complete shot in the dark here. Yeah. So one, I want to do a callback that I believe I didn't listen back, but I believe when we first talked about it, I said that I just thought that uh, Justin Tafa would hit Austin Lane, like Austin Lane would just be reaching out to him, doing some stupid shit, and uh, Tafa would just come over the top and knock his ass out. Well, we got the first part of it. He was reaching out to fucking poke him in the eye. And, you know, and Tafa was trying to, you know, put his lights out. But ultimately, you know, the, the, poke, was, the poke was too strong. But now is the time where it's going to happen, right? I, I think I mentioned before with the with Volkov, same thing. I said, you know, these heavy, there's some heavyweight lanky guys that sometimes is like awkward. They don't know where to put their hands, and then they just get clubbed. This is the guy right here. He's going to get clubbed right over the head with a hammer um, within the first six minutes. So that's write, write that one down for me. I'm going to say left hand over the top, and then maybe like a right uppercut, and then he's going to go down. So that's my pick. Interesting. 
I would actually prefer this one if uh, Lane poked him in the eye again right away. That would be the the best outcome here. Right. You you must you hate eyes now. You're against the eyes. No, that would, be, that would just be hilarious. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on to the last fight on the main card. I mean, this main card, to be honest, guys, like it fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, Justin Taffa and Tyson Pedro on the main card, horrible shit. So uh, Pedro taking on Turkelidge here, uh, light heavyweight division. And the odds for this one have uh, near pick on back and forth line. Pedro minus 114, Turkelidge minus 104. Um, got a bet on this one. A multi-unit bet. Anton Turkelidge for speed. Plus money here. Got plus 110. And I, I think I might have jumped the gun, and, and it might have been your turn, but fuck it. No, um, keep going. So, I mean, it just, just comes down to grappling and cardio for me. You know, pa- Tyson Pedro gassed out in a record-setting time in his last fight. And it just seems like Pedro, if he can't knock you out early on, this guy does not like it when the fight gets out of the first round. When the fight doesn't go his way. I don't know if he's ever won a fight outside the first round, honestly. No. Never ever in his entire career won a fight outside the first round. Not that'd be, be bad. Not... That'd be that'd be bad considering the guys that he's beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> if he had to go outside around so. one to be a Harry Hunt sucker, that'd be a fucking problem. Got, gotta let, <laughs> gotta win over the legend Paul Craig now uh, and, and Khalil Roundtree. You know, this guy at one point a few years ago was okay, but it seems like just taking a few losses really zapped his confidence, zapped his dedication, took a long layoff. And he came back and beat some bums, uh, Villanueva and Hunsucker. And then he gassed out in four minutes flat versus Bukakis. Maybe he comes back reinvigorated and says, oh, I took my last opponent for granted. I had two quick finishes. I didn't train as hard for that fight. And now maybe he comes back more motivated. Uh, I doubt it, though, because um, Anton, in his last fight, despite losing to Petrino, good stuff there. I think that Petrino is, you know, a a better striker, a better athlete, better everything than pedro here and you know anton had the right idea he was going for his takedowns he was trying to get the back to he was losing it and i just think that anton is going to attempt the right thing he's going to try to get grapple here i think he has a, a a massively clear cardio advantage here and i think that the longer the fight goes the better his chances get and he, there's a slight potential he gets lit up early on here but i mean even petrino didn't even put him in that bad trouble on the feet so i just think that turkelidge has uh <laughs> Way better upside here. Uh, you know, the longer the fight goes, it's going to favor him and a big grappling advantage as well. So I think Anton probably finishes him in the second or third round with the choke. Mm, interesting here. So, I mean, there's people on both sides of this fight. I know some people, they're adamant, like like yourself. They're like, so, you know, Anton, this and that. But a lot of these guys, they, they get plus money, which I will probably gravitate towards. But then there's some other people that are like, hey, like, you know, if you think about it, Pedro is actually better in every facet, right? Like, a, well, this is what they think. Like, better striker, you know, uh, throws harder, maybe a little stronger. Um, I think he technically has the jiu-jitsu black belt. But, man, this guy makes some bad decisions in, the, in these fights, man. You know, the, he hit a nice takedown against Bukakis. So it was a nice clinch takedown. You know, I love seeing it. But then the gilly, he jumps. Horrible. He fucking goes for a rolling toehold, dude. He was standing in front of this guy. He does a front flip to do a rolling toehold like three minutes in. And you can see visibly the guy's gas. Like, he's, he's very tired. Um, and then there's, like, another point. He kicks the guy in the dick, and he gets, like, a 40-second break. But I don't know. So, you know, Anton definitely has the better long-term um, a game, like, in terms of, like, a, a three-round fight, right? He'll clinch. He'll, like, look to get the back clinch. He'll look for trips. And then when he, once he get, like, when he, if he gets put on bottom... He's got like the Damian Maya sweep. Sorry, 
I, I just did like the sign of a cross just because I just put Anton Turkali and Damian Maya's name in the, <laughs> in, the, in the same sentence. You know what I mean? I had to, you know, ask my uh, jujitsu gods for, uh, you know, apologize to them. But, you know, he does these little sleeves, right? He does the, the underhook. The, I'm giving you guys good analysis right here. He does a little underhook and up on single legs. They got to try to grapple, you know. So I think we're going to get a grappling match here. The, I got a little, the only bet I got on this fight so far is I was able to get a bit of uh, over one and a half. I think it's since changed to over two and a half. But I think if you could find over one and a half, I kind of like it. Um, I do think that. Uh, Pedro will go for look. Uh, will try to finish the fight early. So that like, as in, if it does go to the ground, I think he's gonna look for submissions. If it's on the feet, I think he's gonna be looking to throw power shots. But he's not really uh, on the, on the feet. He's kind of like those kind of strikers that they'll just look to like come forward on you. They're not really building on a lot of their strikes. Like they're just looking for an opportunity to throw one if you're coming in on them. And technically, Turkali is not really a guy who's going to sit in the pocket with you. So I don't really think there's going to be that many opportunities for big strikes early on. Um, and I just think these guys are going to hug a bit early on. So I'm kind of thinking I'm going to stay away in terms of side. Like I say, minus 105 both sides right now. It's probably the correct the correct take. Um, but I just don't think that uh, Pedro's going to submit Turkali. And I don't think Turkali's going to submit Pedro early. But Pedro's a fucking flake. So I don't really want to lose money on him. So it would for me, it would be Anton or pass, but only over for my uh the only bet of the fight for me. All right, yeah, over one and a half still available at a lot of places. So what do you take? Uh, what do you take? What do you take Anton decision as well, Martian? It's like plus five hundred, I think, four hundred. No, I would like be more, I would be more tempted to to do a finish one because I finish. think Yeah. I think because he's gonna be on the ground, I could just see Pedro wilting. Like he did some, versus you know, Shogun, maybe some round uh, round three decision for Turkali. But moving on, yeah, we're going to the prelims next. Staying in the bigger divisions, light heavyweight division. Carlos Olberg, Dotun Jung. Odds for this one have Olberg minus two sixty, Jung plus two twenty. Your turn to start this one off. This one's on a fight that I have a ton of uh, conviction on or a great read. Um, you know, Dotun Jung's been in a lot of these fights where they're striking fights. And, you know, I kind of want to say that, hey, maybe we can, like, invest in him a bit just because we know that, like, I like, I technically like his hands. Like, I like that his boxing, you know, a bit. You know, he comes in on decent angles sometimes. He's a little bit of a unit. But he just, I don't know. There's something about the guy that I just don't have a great read on. So I don't really think that, you know, even at the plus money, it's something that, like, there's not that a great path that I see that really entices me. And then looking at the Alberg side, he's another guy that, you know, sometimes he can maybe let a, a fight be, he's a little, he's more of a counter strike. I don't got a good read on him either. So honestly, my, my best bet on this fight, or if I were to pick something on this fight, it would be another one that I'm going over one and a half. But I think I'm going to just stay out of this one. Don't have a great read on it. Don't know how really these guys in that clash. Both guys long strikers for the division have a good reach. So maybe they stay on the outside a little bit, kick, kick a bit. We'll see a little bit of clinch fighting if they do start throwing, but not a great read for me on that on this fight. How about you? Yeah, not much conviction either. I mean, Jung looked really, really bad in his last fight against Clark. You know, completely different matchup. Also looked pretty bad against Jacoby. Just got blasted with the right hand in that fight. And got to think the fight's going to stay standing. You know, if anyone's taking the fight to the ground, it's going to be Jung. But, I mean, he just really has not done that reliably enough. I mean, I guess he did it versus uh, William Knight. 
But that's really the only way I think that that uh, Jung is going to have a way to win the fight. I think he's just going to be too slow for him to win the fight on the on the feet. I think Olberg is just going to be the much sharper striker, especially with, especially with the punches, man. I just think that the Jung's he's got a huge head and it just stays way too centered. And there's no way Olberg just isn't going to tee off when he's at range. So. Jung better hope to wrestle early here, or I think he could get put out in the first round. But, I mean, my man did hit eight takedowns versus William Knight, so it's not like it's impossible for him to attempt a wrestling game plan. And, you know, Olberg really, I mean, Olberg hasn't fought any wrestlers yet. Um, like, not a, sing, not a single one. So, you know, that area of his game, you know, is, is still untested. You got to think it's not going to be great, considering he comes from a kickboxing background. But, you know, I think it would probably be, uh, you know, Jung or Pass. But no, no urgency or desire to even take him at this dog shot odds. So uh, nothing on, on that one for me. Next fight also prelims uh, in the welterweight, excuse me, featherweight division. Jack Jenkins taking on Chepe Mariscal. Odds for this one: Jack Jenkins minus two hundred, Mariscal plus one seventy. Initially was leaning on on, on Mariscal here. And placed a bet on him, but you know, kind of uh, lost interest in it. I believe the best bet now is the fight to go the distance, minus 160. I just think the market is overrating Jack's finishing ability, and that's the same thing they were doing last fight. I bet on Jenkins' decision uh, versus Emmer's. You know, that fight was never ever remotely close to finishing on either side. And Jack Jenkins is just a really patient fighter. He, he I, I think my opinion of him decreased a little bit in that last fight, but Emers is a good fighter, so it's not like we saw anything embarrassing from Jack there. But I was I saw good things from his takedown defense in recent fights, but then the last fight, once he finally got put on bottom, you did see some bad things from there. Going full guard, he was had his back against the cage. You, there was a lot of times in that fight where I thought he was going to let go of the full guard, put his back to the cage, look to stand up, but he just really wasn't doing it, just did not have good urgency to get back up to his feet there. So I think his bottom game could still be a bit of a concern. And I just think that Chepe is always involved in, in, in dog fights in close back and forth fights, you know, his regional fights. He's had so many back and forth fights. He's fought a who's who of guys. And in his last fight, you know, he, he was struggling to get in the UFC for years. He took a fight on short notice up a weight class on a, a few weeks notice or a week or two's notice. And, you know, he won the fight handedly. I don't think he looked, you know, amazing in that fight, but he got the job done in a, a tough ask. And it's now time to really officially start his UFC career at 145. But you got to look, Chepe's last fight at 145, he missed weight by four pounds in that one. So he, uh, he might be having trouble cutting that weight. And um, back to the goes the distance thing, though, um, Jenkins, um, he's just not a hard puncher. You know, the guy kicks legs. You're going to hear the commentators uh, brag about how he's broken all these guys legs. Well, he kicks legs and he doesn't really build on it and he doesn't land a whole lot of punches afterwards as well. So I think if Chepe is getting his legs kicked, he's just going to look to tie up and they're going to tie up. They're going to grapple. I don't see either submitting one another. So I do think this fight will stretch to go the distance. It probably will be a Jack Jenkins decision here. Uh, but from a money line perspective, I think it's dog or pass. And then the best bet on the fight for me is goes the distance. Okay. So, <clears throat> so this fight, I've been thinking about this fight quite a bit. So I'm looking at it. I was looking at it and I was thinking, okay, maybe Mariscal, you know, now he's down into his weight class. So maybe he could get some stuff going, you know, with versus Trevor. But then I'm thinking again and I'm like, man, like he really got a lot of grappling positions on Trevor Peak. Couldn't really finish. Trevor Peak, obviously, 
doesn't know any jujitsu. He just you know, just kind of bucking around. But I thought at multiple times when I'm watching the fight, I'm like, oh, this over. Like Chepe's finishing him here, and it never materialized. And also, he just looked like a kind of like a soft hitter. I don't know. But like you said, 145 now in this in, in this fight, flying all the way over there. He took a lot of damage against <laughs> a Trevor Peak. I know maybe his face wasn't messed up, but that was an insane brawl. And he's turning around pretty quick against a guy where I just think that Chepe, he's just so sloppy, man. I'm looking at some, I, I like the guy. I liked a lot of his fights. I'm looking at his regional fights or even look at his Faria fight, or any of his fights. His chin is out in the air. He's winging hooks. And he just is easy to get away from him, I feel, to like, you know, avoid. Like, even Trevor Peak was sometimes dodging some punches. So I just feel that Jack Jenkins is just going to be easy for like a guy of his demeanor and like his, like his striking style. It's just going to be easy for him to pick away. Or even if he wants to throw down with Chepe, he's going to be able to land a better shots because his fundamentals are just better than Chepe Mariscal's. And then in the grappling realm, I do, I do not like some of the things that I saw from uh, Jenkins in terms of his bottom game versus like Emery's, but Chepe just gets reversed by everybody. Like he was landing in some of these insane positions on Trevor Peak, and Trevor Peak somehow was getting out. And I just don't see him la- like laying, like being able to control Jack. Maybe he'll get a takedown, but I just don't see him being able to use the grappling game plan. And I just see Jack Jenkins out, you know, outworking him, just beating him overall. Now, over or under, or how is it going to finish? I'm not that sure. I was initially considering, honestly, the goes distance. But I, I rather, I think it's a similar price to just play Jenkins on the money line. And I think I'm just better. I'm, I just feel better going with that. Because I just don't see uh, Mariscal winning a decision. So I'd rather have the Jenkins finishing equity uh along with the bet so i'm i got jack jenkins on the money line all right that's gonna move us along to the next fight which is in the lightweight division jamie malarkey taking on john mcdesi and the odds for this one malarkey steam this week minus 260 now mcdesi coming back plus 220 a lot of action coming in on malarkey this week I think he was like minus one eighty, just like he was four days ago. So, mm-hmm. you agree with the, the the line movement here? Yeah, I mean, when I definitely when I saw it at minus one eighty, I was like, well, obviously the side on that fight is uh, Jimmy Malarkey, um, because John McDessey just, I mean, his last fight was not really a good performance by him at all, and you know Malarkey, but Malarkey is is like another guy, like he he's a punch magnet often, um. You know, I just, you never know. He's kind of, like, disappointing often. But he, I feel he's more well-rounded than John McDessey. Obviously, it's a home fight for him. He's got, uh, he's, uh, I, I think, a little bit longer with the reach. I think he's he's got a little bit of a, a longer reach than normal for the division, typically. Um, and then maybe he should, he could be able to tie maybe a takedown or two here as well to mix it up. But honestly, I just, you know, it, when it got above minus 200, I was like, man, I just don't want to rely on Jamie Malarkey at some point in the fight deciding to do the right thing right we've seen him drop we've seen we've seen him um you know fight like a debutant where he doesn't right he fought uh, the Prado guy um where he doesn't really like overwhelm so this fight i just don't want any part of honestly i don't um mcdessey i heard he's doing this camp at fire i don't really give a shit man i don't care about any of that stuff he the guy looks far gone to me and uh and i don't really want to get involved so 
you know, it would be for me like a maybe like a malarkey, like decision or pat or decision for me. Um, but he just got knocked out so okay, just, primarily because he got knocked out so brutally that I think maybe he tries to play it safe here. Um, so so yeah, that's all I got on that fight though. Yeah, n- not much of confidence for me here. Um, Mac Desi, a few years ago, I think this would have been a good fight for him because he probably is the sharper striker of the two on the feet, and he's always had you know pretty decent takedown defense as well. But he's he just getting too old, and you know definitely looked a little uh, shop worn in that last fight versus Nasrat. The win over Ignacio not really aging too well. Uh, I'll tell you what is aging well, though. The win over Jesus Pinedo making waves over in, in yeah. PFL. Can't even, I can't believe that that, that fight actually happened. I totally, totally forgot about that one. But, yeah, I think Milwaukee probably wins in underwhelming fashion. Minus 260, I think, has gone too far. But Nasrat, or excuse me, uh, Mac Desi is just a little too old for me to, to get interested in this one. And... You know, it's hard to imagine the most common finish here. They have Malarkey KO as the most likely finish. I don't think so. Um, Malarkey Sub, that's been a bet that some people have donated to over time. I mean, plus 1,400. uh, I got to think that the grappling is his easiest path here. And, you know. Plus 1,400 sounds crazy. But that's kind of like them telling you that this fight's going to decision, bro. That's what it tells me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, because has... I think I think if they're striking the whole time, dude, Jamie Malarkey's not knocking out John McDuffie. He's not gonna do it. It's not gonna happen. I agree. It's I agree. not going to happen, dude. <laughs> uh, and Malarkey has three subs, but hasn't got one since 2015. So almost eight years without this without a sub. So yeah, but you're right. Probably is gonna go the distance. Uh, probably gonna be uh, a pretty boring fight, honestly. So uh, moving along. A guy familiar to uh, the last opponent, Mac Desi, Nasrat Hackbrass, taking on Landon Quinones in the lightweight division here. Uh, Nasrat, huge favorite, minus 470, Quinones plus 370. Seems like a matter of is it going to be a Nasrat KO or a Nasrat decision. And I don't really know which one I'm leaning. I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go KO. But I really have no confidence in in. Which one of the two? I do think Quinones is probably good enough to make it out of round one here, but do think he's just drawing very thin and, you know, should get beat up in these later rounds here. And, you know, the one thing though I'll say is Quinones is a horrible grappler and Nasrat is not going to grapple. So it's not like Nasrat is going to take the the path of least resistance. And he's just generally been a fighter who never really blows guys out of the water. He's had, um, a lot of fights where he just has looked kind of unimpressive and his wins in general are just pretty mediocre, even though he's had a pretty long UFC career. So never been impressed by hack Brast. Uh, don't think I want to really invest in him here. Uh, I don't know. What, what are you thinking about an, a, a method of victory for Nasrat right here? Nasrat is not good, dude. I know four guys that will, that would clean his clock and uh, yeah, this guy's not good. I'm not betting on Lennon Quinones, though. There's no way. I'm not be- You don't want to invest on this fight because any way, which way you go about it, even though I like sweats, I like sweats where I'm, like, actually interested. Like, you know, Quinones, you don't know anything about him. You don't know. Is he, is he tough? Does he Is he a guy that is in, in the third round? Is he going to keep going for it? Is he soft to the body? Has he fought southpaws? Like, Nazareth, you don't want to trust him either because, like, a, a bunch of his fights, like, you know, there's, like, weird circumstances. But he, his power is, like, overrated. 
but you have like a over here that's like minus 140, you know, uh, you got to lay a quarter to go uh, go the distance. So this is the bathroom break fight. There are, are there, there's no women fights on this uh, card, no, right? No, there's not. No, really. great, crazy, crazy how they deprive the Sydney of uh, female fights, but they give uh, Abu Dhabi a bunch of them, right? Or Harris, does Abu Dhabi have them. What about Abu Dhabi? Does Abu Dhabi have any or no? Yeah, they have uh, some, right? What and coming up in October? Yeah, yeah, I I'm think so. Sure. Yeah, well, but it is very weird for them not to have any female fights. But this is the female fight, or this is not the female fight. Excuse me, this is the bathroom break fight. Bathroom Basic, break fight. Basically, okay? though, no, no, take that back. It's the bathroom <laughs> break. I want you to bleep that one, that out. This is the bathroom break fight of the night. Okay. Uh, they might identify as women, though. You never know. Um, Walterweight division, Blood Diamond, Charlie Radke. They're giving Blood now, Diamond another fight. shot. Now, this is a fucking fight. These what are men. What, what, what's his name? The, what's no, his I don't think that, that that's Sharon. Blood Diamond, bro. That's his name. No, I'm talking about Charlie. Oh, uh, oh it is. Chuck Buffalo. Chuck, Chuck Buffalo. Buffalo. Chuck Buffalo. Chuck Buffalo. That's okay, a good go one. Here, uh, so. Welterweight division, odds for this one. Radke minus 310, Matea, or Blood Diamond, plus 260. He, he ain't Mike Matea, bro. When you got no. a game like Blood Diamond, you don't go back. But you but, know Blood Diamond is my turn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, Blood Diamond is such a funny nickname because it's like the most, like, you just know, like, if for someone that has, like, training, like, MMA gym or Jiu-Jitsu gym or something like that, it's like whenever you do something stupid or like if there's like an easy ass reference, like a like a low hanging fruit kind of thing, like that's the kind of nickname that they that is oftentimes you you're given. Um, and Blood Diamond, I just feel like you know it's like one of those ethnic like it's kind of like you don't give someone that nickname in 2023, <laughs> but in like 2011, 2010, when you fuck with him and you knew him, you definitely give him that nickname, right, Martian? You agree with me, right? You you yeah, you've heard some edgy, yeah. You've heard, some, after, edgy, uh, you've heard the, some edgy the, nicknames for sure. The Leo DiCaprio movie. What, was it? Was, oh, that, was, that, oh, that, was that shit called Blood Diamond? Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But you know what I mean? Like, they don't give. I, I have not met uh, like a 21 year old kid, a 20, that's got like an edgy nickname. Where are the edgy nicknames other than Pleasure right. Man, you know? But these kids need to shape up a little bit. But. In regards to fight, I mean Charlie is a is a big favorite here. I don't I don't really know about this, right? He's like two. I, I, last time I looked, it was like two fifty, and I'm like, man, right? I think it's even more now. I'm not really. I, I, I'm standing up right now. Um. So, uh, what's it called? So he's got the ground advantage, but I just feel that like Blood Diamond, he's just like an awkward dude. So like he is like the kind of guy that he'll land like a knee or like an elbow or something like that, and like. Charlie will fall over, and then everybody's like, the fight is fucking fixed. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is the kind of fight where some shit like that can happen. So I'm not really looking to um, invest in this at all. Um, if someone told me that they were taking Blood Diamond, I would tell them, bro, you know, there's, a, there's more fights coming up. You know, do we really need to do this? We really don't, man. So, I mean, I, I, honestly, I would, I would think the fight goes, uh, goes over, maybe. Like, I just think that both these guys are going to be tense in there. Um, you know, this Chuck Buffalo dude, sometimes not really looking to grapple all that much early on. And then if he's not grappling early on, and maybe even if uh, Blood Diamond is not having a lot of success, and maybe landing a few body shots or whatever, basically that he gets fatigued, then I don't really think that he, I, I think that he might not be not have enough energy to uh, to finish it late with a submission. So I think it could probably, I would lean 
for it to go the distance. But your turn. Yeah, the, I guess the only lean I would have would be would be Radke sub because I just think that if he takes the easiest path to victory here, going for takedowns, I think the submission will be there. And I, I thought this guy's top game was was pretty good. You know, I think he has you know solid back takes. He can finish the fight on top with like a an arm triangle if he needs to, and it just seems like a process driven grappler, and that seems good enough for me to take versus any uh blood diamond you know and anytime blood diamond is fighting a guy who knows how to get takedowns keep opponents down work his way into a submission that would be enough for me to pick against him and also cffc proven undefeated in cffc and i, I found it interesting that the radke fought in belter there's another guy who fought in bellator too on this card Oh, it's uh, Kiefer Crosby. The UFC almost never, I feel like they, like, if you fight in Bellator, even as, like, a prelim fighter, I feel like the UFC, they like, put you on, like, a shit list, and they, they don't sign you. But they're, uh, they're giving Radke a chance here. And was he supposed to fight in the Contender Series or something? No, no he wasn't. But, um, yeah, they're clearly giving Blood Diamond another fight because he's friends with, uh, he's friends with Izzy. He, the first two fights have not really gone his way. The last time he fought, uh, you know, a CFFC fighter, he got strangled in the first round by Jeremiah Wells. And, you know, I got to think that Radke, you know, sub, if he if he game plans, if he watches tape on this guy, he knows how bad of a grappler he is once he's put on his back. And, you know, the guy's not exactly a lethal striker, but striking is clearly his bread and butter. So if you want to give you know, Blood Diamond, his best chance to win, you keep the fight standing. If you want to make the fight as easy as possible, you go for the takedowns. And if you go for the takedowns, the submission should be there as well. So you know, the price isn't amazing on it. You know, it's only plus 140. You know, hopefully some books open it up a little bit better. I see plus 190 on one book. If I could get like plus 180, I, I would take some. So enough about that one. Moving on to the second to last prelim in the Featherweight division, Shane Young taking on Gabriel Miranda. Odds for this one, Shane Young, minus 170. Miranda, plus 145. Kind of the same situation. You know, the the guy struggling lately ha- is trying to get a win. They're trying to get him a win in his home country here. Oh, wait, wait, home country? Let's see. Nope, he's from he's from New Zealand, too. Uh, I should have known this. He's he he uh Shane Young is like uh an authentic Maori. Maori. Yeah, no, I don't know if he is or not, but he he definitely yeah, he is. Did. He did the thing. He did the zula. Ahaka, Ahaka. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably right about that one. Yeah, his nickname looks like it's a Maori name. So, um, you know, he's fighting a bum. Gabriel Miranda is is a really bad fighter. This guy, all of this guy's wins are like quick round one finishes over over low level fighters, and you know, Benoit put the beating on him in his last fight. You know. Can't really fault the guy for too much on that one. You know, debuting in France versus Benoit Saint Denis after we after we saw how good he looked last week. Uh, I mean, that's a tough task for anybody. So can't really fault him there. But just if you rewatch some of this guy's fights before the UFC, I mean, he's just submitting really low level fighters, and it just seems like he doesn't really have good wrestling to get the fight to the floor. Shane Young is not going to take the fight to the floor, so I think Shane should be a good enough striker to really outbox this guy and to just jab and kick him up and, and win a, uh, probably a decision here. But I don't know, man. Shane Young looked horrible in his last fight. Blake Builder looked horrible. After that fight, you know, Builder beat Young pretty easily. And then the next fight, Builder looked horrible against Kyle Nelson. So I don't know, man. I, I Shane really should win the fight and, and has potential to make it look easy. But there's enough red flags on Shane that I just don't think I can lay juice on him. 
See this right here this is the fight. We wait for live, boys, because we're going to hope that Gabriel Miranda comes out. Brazilian fervor. I don't know, doing something. Maybe looks to win a first round. Who knows? I don't know. But we'll look to get Shane, Shane Young live. But otherwise than that, I just want to invest in Shane Young. Um, Pre-fight, the guy doesn't look like he really approaches fights all that well. It looks like being maybe like a Maori, he just, he like wants to be in a scrap. Like he wants to fight to be competitive. I feel sometimes like if he hits the guy, he's like, oh no, like you do something now. You do something like, like, like show me your, show me your martial art. Like show me your heritage. Show me your haka. Whatever the fuck, you know, it's, how he's, <laughs> it's like that. But it, honestly, dude, this is how these people used to do. They're like, oh, they do the fucking dance, their little screens. And they're like, let's see what you got. Um, or they'll shoot like an arrow at me. They're like, you know, whatever. But um, so that's, that, that's how I feel about the fight. So I don't really want to invest in this guy. He looks like a lunkhead, but I do think he will win the fight. I do think that Gabriel Miranda will not be able to have much grappling success in, in the way of finishing. And he's going to start getting, uh, he's going to get hit at some point or another. His durability does not, I mean, his durability looks okay, like okay-ish, but he's just going to get hit. So eventually I think he goes down. Uh, maybe a late finish for Shane, but I don't think I don't think those numbers. Hold on, now I'm sitting. I don't think those numbers are that good. Where we got right here? One second. Probably, Probably like close five hundred, nine hundred. If I had to guess. Yeah, it's not good. It's uh round oh, three seven. for him is. Oh no, eleven fifth. Oh yes, yeah. Well, it's not what they're not that widely available, but maybe that. But otherwise, no. I got a bet on the next fight. Though. You ever see the uh, the face tattoos that that uh, Maori people get? Oh yeah, I've seen. I mean, they do a lot of stuff that's very. Um, the shits are rad. Yeah, it's very. Uh, you know, you're all in. You know. You, you think you could fuck with a chick who has like those tattoos like under her chin and shit? Oh uh, sure, fuck it. Why nah, not? nah. Uh, too much of a cultural divide. I don't think we. Why? Would. Why? We we couldn't handle it, bro. Well, you, no, you said would I? It'd be their problem to accept me. I I, can, I would accept them. Is would they accept me? <laughs> yeah, but then you gotta be like, yeah, meet meet this girl, or, um, you know, uh, Sac and then she's got face tats, and you're like, oh no, she's from uh New Zealand. It's cool, bro. Perfect, exactly. Sounds like a good story. Uh, no, that's true. It would be it would be a good one. Um, last fight, welterweight division. Kevin Doucette taking on Kiefer Crosby. Two guys making their UFC debuts here. This is just filler, a filler fight. The UFC didn't know who the hell these guys were two weeks ago. They call them up. They say, hey, we need a spot. We need a spot on the card field. And Doucette's the favorite, minus 155. Kiefer Crosby, plus 135. You said you got to bet on this one, so you can start it off. What are your thoughts here? Yes, I I mean, I just in general, I I think I like, or I like, um, what's his name, Uh, Kevin. I like the French. The French New Zealander, I guess, or the French. Oh, sure, I don't know if, what what French. The French are invading everywhere, all right. But I like um I, I like him to win this fight. I just don't think that Kiefer is all that good. You know, I do think that the fight probably I I I do favor the fight to to go a little bit later, maybe a decision for uh for my French boy here um over Kiefer. But Kiefer, he just like a lot of his fights where it used to be at one fifty five. He does celebrity boxing. I don't know what this dude's doing in the UFC. I don't even know why he's here. I think it's like to check off something off his bucket list, honestly. And like he's like he he got Connor to get him in. Um, is what it feels like to me. But I don't think it's gonna be end up being successful. I think he's weak in a lot of areas. Like I don't think his conditioning is that good. I don't think he's you know a very good grappler. I don't think he's a very good striker. 
Um, and I just think Kevin Allen is better than him in all facets. He's definitely got better conditioning than him and cardio. Um, and it's just a matter, I guess, if he lets him hang in the fight, um, I guess a little bit too long, you know, because I think he has done that a few other times. In terms of the total, mm, I don't think I really want to get too involved. I just think I, I'd rather just capture all, all, all the um, ways, to, methods of victory for Kevin in the money line. But I would, like I said, I probably would favor him to win by decision, but it's like a, a, a trend for me with most of these fights. So I don't want to pick, you know, goes the distance or decision on every fight. And then uh, and then if it goes wrong for me, you know, I don't have any of these money line exposures. So I got money line. I, I, I got a little earlier, you know, like maybe like a 10 cents less than this. But I think anything under like 165, 160, I think is, is a fair price on, on Kevin. Yeah, I agree. I think Kevin will win. Just rewatching uh, Crosby's fights, you know, the guy's just super volatile, man. I mean, he's when he's on the outside, he just doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing. He looks like he's very unsure of himself. Then when he gets wild, he brawls in the pocket. He has some success, but he also leaves his chin right on the center line. We've seen him rocked and dropped a lot of times. We've seen him get beat up on the regionals a few times. And I just think Kevin is just a lot better put together. He seems more measured, more patient. I think that he is probably the better grappler of the two as well. And just think the two set is, is getting a lot better. And we're seeing bigger strides of improvement in his recent fights rather than Crosby. And uh, I believe that, uh, that, Jusset's the side, probably, I'd say, I mean, maybe even a little more confident than you. I'd say and anything under two to one is probably good. So going to end up mm. with a, a, a small bet on him here. Should be a big bet. No, because they're both they're both debutants. It's not it's not a spot where you can really fully, fully invest. I would say, you know, one to one and a half units is warranted on Jusset here. And that's going to do it. Um, Great. We're done. We're done. All the fights uh, did a little backwards order this time. Uh, it's probably going to be a well, there's one pick em fight, but it's probably going to be all the favorites winning. I would be shocked to see more than like more than two underdogs win. Let's uh, if we're we're excluding the one pick em fight, I really don't see more than two dogs winning. So, mm, you, um, you, 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 who, who, what's the dog you're more, most confident in winning? I would say. Probably that's an ugly. That's an ugly board, dude. I would say probably Chepe Mariscal or Tai Tuivasa. I'd say have the best chance. Got it. All right. We still need to do our, our FMK. But right before we do that, I wanted. I had a follower. Someone messaged me, and they messaged me and asked me about this bet openly exchange. They're like, "Yo, do you know anything about this? This is not." So I went on it. I looked. I, I think I guess some people are promoting it, and I mean that side is horrible. Okay, like I don't know, for an exchange, it looks like the UI, the UX, the U is terrible. So if anyone is looking to use any exchanges, uh, US based, there's one that I've used for I think over a year. A bunch of guys have used it. Um, it's the Forecaster Exchange. So I would recommend anyone's interested in you know things like exchanges and anything like that, uh, use that site instead of that bet openly one. Um, it just looks sketchy. I I looked at on the back end as well on some other stuff. Doesn't look like a very, you know, great reputable site. So if you if you're interested in that, maybe send me a message if you want to just sign up to it. I think it's only invite code. So you can use uh, uh Ozzy, O-Z-Z-Y as a promo code. But if you want to ask the question about it, 
send me a message. But plenty of guys use it. A bunch of all sports, good prices. You could name your price. You know, it could be sometimes some of it is zero commission as well. It's it's a good site. Um, and I've used it for for multiple years now. But uh, just wanted to mention that after seeing that site and you know some of the you know stuff that people promote. Honestly, obviously, you know people just you know you pay them a, a bit and you know they'll they'll promote anything. So anyway. So let's get over to FMK though. You know, yeah. Martin, you said, did, you, um, did you jot down? Go ahead. One one thing you said is zero commission. I will not be getting zero commission. I'm getting forty percent. That's the deal, Ozzy and I arranged. You know, uh, I let him take the majority, but I'm getting my forty percent. So yeah, feel free to sign up for that. And I I got mine ready. I got mine ready. I I had Perfect. them prepared. And um, I I'm, I'm I picked them all around the same price to really make this tempting here. So first one, I bet I mentioned. Charles Radke submission plus 140. Okay. Oof. Next one. Nasrat Hackbrass decision plus 125. Last but not Oof. least, Jack Jenkins decision plus 135. So all very, very closely lined to one another. Radke sub, Nasrat decision, Jack decision. All right. So if I'm gonna here, if I'm going here, I'm gonna fuck. Uh, you know, I'm a grappler, obviously. Uh, I like to to cuddle. I like to grapple. I like to fuck. So I'm gonna fuck uh, the Charlie Radke submission line. Uh, so anytime you're going against a guy named Blood Diamond, and you know you got a submission grappler, you probably want to do some fucking. So we'll do that. Uh, I'm gonna marry easy Jack Jenkins decision. I love that line. That's actually probably gonna be end up being a bet for me. You know, if I add I add on to it a little bit, and then I gotta kill that um that last one, the uh, the uh, Nasrat. Nazrat uh, decision. I hate Nazrat. I never want to invest anything in that guy. So definitely big pass on that. And you know, I'll I'll put a few few shells in that one. All right. So Martian, for you, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of a blend. Okay. So we're gonna do um your boy Anton Turkali inside the distance. Uh, what is he? Plus one seventy five. Ooh, that's not a good price. <laughs> inside the distance. Um, that's a terrible price. So we got that. We got Israel Adesanya inside the distance. Uh, plus, what do we have here? No, that's not Sorry. plus. Oh, excuse me, minus 125. And then the over one and a half in the uh, Volkov to Ivasa fight, 115. Minus 115. So fuck, marry, kill. Those three props. Okay. Mm, these are good. These are these are tough. These might be <laughs> the toughest one um to date. Wow. Mm. What will he do? What will he decide? Man, I'm having to, I'm having to think about this one. That boy stomped. Okay. Um I got this one. So I'm gonna start it off with one you wouldn't expect. I'm gonna start with the kill. The kill is the Anton ITD because mm. I think the money line is good enough to where I don't see the the extra point in the the ITD, especially because I think if it goes to decision somehow, I, I think that's very good for Anton. So I don't see enough meat on the bone with that ITD, so I'm killing that one. Um, the one I'm going to fuck is going to be the two big boys, the Thai Volkov over one and a mm. half. Because I think it could get there, but it's going to have some sweaty moments. You know, Ty's uh, fights always have some swinging in them, so it's going to be a little sweaty. And then the Mary I'm going to do is the ITD because 
you know, he really could make this shit look easy. It could be a levels type of fight. Uh, I'm expecting the finish to come late, but you know, I could be dead wrong and it could just come, come quickly. So, um, just that's going to be the Mario on that one. So there you go. All right. Nice. That'll do it. A lot for, of props. That'll, that'll do it for us. We're, we're edition of fuck Mary kill. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Um, we're going to be back in America technically next week, Finally, but we're basically going to be in Mexico. Uh, that's my that second part. home. That's my second home. That's uh, my second. Mexico is right, not the not Las Vegas. No, Mexico, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Yes, yes. It'll be like an honorary Mexican event. Um, so we'll be back before that one. Hope you. Alexa Grosso's getting catching some steam there. Really, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see that. Um, hope everybody enjoys the start to NFL season. Magical time in America. Let's hope go Giants. Everyone, hope everyone enjoys the fights this weekend. Win some bets, and we'll see you all before the next UFC event. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Catch you guys next week. Peace out. Danny Dimes MVP.